I mean, if you would have asked me on Friday afternoon, hey, like, what's best-case scenario coming out of this weekend for Junior Day? And be a little realistic. Don't say, well, of course, it's every single kid that's on campus will end up committing. I mean, pretty close to the top of best-case scenario would be a crystal ball dropping in OU's favor for number one defensive lineman, five-star williams Winery. And what did I see when I woke up this weekend? I don't know if we need to cue uh, the song Big Balls by ACD, Parker Thune, but that was a big ball that dropped, okay? that was a, That's a big one. That's pretty close to best-case scenario. Sorry if I'm a little fired up today about this. No, I understand why you're fired up, Tyler, because Oklahoma's now considered the leader and the crystal ball favorite for the top two defensive linemen in America in the class of 2024, Ooh. Williams Nguyenary and David Stone. We love to see wow. it. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean we we really we really do love to see oh you have a crystal ball in for the uh number 1 defensive lineman. So we could do an hour show just on this because of how big I think this is at this point in the recruitment and how big it would be if he ultimately signs with OU on signing day, which we got a long way to go there. What went right though this weekend? What did OU do well? What did he really really like about Norman for you to drop a crystal ball? Well, <laughs> And this is kind of going to sound like too broad or almost a cop-out answer, but everything went right this weekend, Tyler. OU hit this visit out of the park. Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates have both been instrumental in the recruiting process for Nguyenary. And from what he told me uh, in the conversation we had yesterday, I talked to not only Nguyenary but several sources around him that know his recruitment real well before I went ahead and dropped that prediction. Uh, it was all about – and not all about, but mostly about – getting a better sense for how and where he fits in the defense. Oklahoma wants him coming off the edge primarily, but they're going to shift him inside. He even said they're going to drop him back into coverage at times. He's a physically enormous prospect who can do a ton on the football field because of the speed and agility that he brings to the table for an individual of his size. And so he got to spend some time in the film room with Chavis, got to spend some time around his peers in the class. And obviously when you consider that there are a lot of relationships tying Will and Winery to Oklahoma, when you think about Caden Green and Jamar Mosey and uh, really everybody in the Lee Summit North contingent uh, and how much pro-OU sentiment there seems to be up there, I always imagined it was going to be tougher for Oklahoma to grab the lead than to maintain the lead. Well, now Oklahoma has grabbed the lead, Tyler, and I don't think this is a lead that will be easily squandered. Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't feel like this is a kid that is a flavor of the month type of guy. And I, I guess the best comp that I can think of, and I think that we've brought it up before, you know, you wouldn't necessarily say that he and P.J. Adebare are the exact same in terms of um, personalities, but I, I feel like it's fair to say they're going to go about their recruitment the same way. And look, it's not 100% lock. We know that, that this five-star williams Winery is going to, to end up at OU. I, I just don't think that we're going to see him drastically change his opinion after the next visit he goes on, which may be in a couple weeks. I feel like if OU's the leader right now, like that feels pretty solid, and you should feel really good about that. Yeah, and he's taking a ton of visits the next couple months. Notre Dame, Georgia, Texas A&M, Colorado, LSU, etc. But, I, I, and I've mentioned this before, it's not really about his interests. It's about 
Jamar Mosey, his head coach, making sure that his guys see all that they need to see before they make the decision that is best for them. Now, despite all the visits that Nwineri is taking, I still expect that unless somebody else, unless some other program can make an outstanding and very fast impression on Nwineri, his decision is going to come down to his top four schools right now, which are Oklahoma, Missouri, Oregon and Tennessee. We've talked about the instability at Missouri. Missouri led that race for a while, but now all of a sudden you've got Oklahoma, at least among the local schools that appears to be best positioned. And one area probably isn't the type of kid that's going to venture too far out of his comfort zone. So he really likes Oregon, but consider also that we don't really know what Oregon's future looks like as to where they fall in the next round of conference sure. realignment. Uh, Josh Heupel was Jamar Mosey's teammate at OU, so their relationship goes back a long way. But even Tennessee, a little bit off the beaten path for a guy like Nwaneri. I think the familiarity and the relationships at Oklahoma, especially now that the Sooners have outpaced Missouri for the lead in that recruitment as things stand right now, I think this is going to be enough to hold over that lead and make sure that Nwaneri ends up in the class. I don't think you see a decision until July, though. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like this is going to be a drama-filled commitment. Like some of these other defensive linemen that we're talking about, I mean, really kind of one in particular, maybe, maybe two, I don't know. There's maybe going to be more draw. it's going to be more drama-filled, but I, I don't feel like that's necessarily going to be the case here. Though some other schools, Missouri, Oregon, you just mentioned, they're, they're going to push very hard for the number one defensive lineman. But this is the guy that we've been waiting on. And P.J. Atabare is a big-time player, but he's more of an edge guy, right? Like, you've been waiting on a big-time interior lineman. And I don't think that he is the only one in this class that fits that. But ranked as the number one defensive lineman right now, he fits that more than anybody else in this 24 class. Here's what you've been waiting on. You drop a crystal ball for him. Yeah, it's hard not to be super excited about it on this Monday. Even after the David Hicks heartbreak before we – I know people are texting in about that today, but I, I still stand here Monday very excited. Maybe I'll even drop a $14 bet on Winery to OU like you did uh, like you did Stone to OU just uh, about 30 minutes ago. Maybe I'll get there. Now, that said, Tyler, that wasn't the only ball I dropped over the weekend. I know, yeah. Keeping it in the family, huh? Uh-huh. Little bro, Come on Michael now. Hawkins. Come on. Man. every by, by the time this staff gets their uh, third recruiting class in, Parker, every player on the uh, roster is going to have a little brother that's going to be on the <laughs> roster as well, the way things are headed. Oh, man. Yeah, you got the Bowens. You got, uh, well, the Lumens didn't make it up, but obviously the Hawkins. The McCullers. The McCullers are here. Yep. The Hawkins may be a thing. I mean, I'm telling you, it's just DJ Graham and his younger brother. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, man. No, you. um, What? Here is my guess. You dropped one for Malik Hawkins, and you put that at a seven out of ten. He's a 2025 kid, six foot one sixty corner. I'm going to read in between the lines here. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. And I'm going to read in between the lines and say, well. If you are going to crystal ball little brother in, which I think you already have a crystal ball in for big brother to OU, but putting a crystal ball in for little brother is just yet another sign about how you feel about older brother, Michael Hawkins Jr., eventually committing and signing with OU. I mean, am I right? That's that's what I'm reading here. Yeah, you would be correct. And that visit went swimmingly over the weekend. If things aren't done, done. With Michael Hawkins, and I want to be clear, he hasn't silently committed or anything. But if things aren't done done, 
like everything but the signature, then they're very, very close to it. And I expect that it's not going to be much longer than another few weeks here before we get an announcement from Hawkins. Gee, sound like this was a uh, this weekend went quite well for the staff then. I don't know if we hit the over on 0.5 commitments this weekend or not, but commitments or not, I mean, the best player that you had coming in, obviously, like now OU leads for him. The quarterback that you're wanting, you say that that's very close. Like that's about it's about as well as it could have gone. It's what it sounds like. The Sooners staff hit a home run this weekend, and I don't know if there were two more pivotal uh, recruitments for in in which they could have hit said home runs than those of Nwaneri and Hawkins, given that those are two priority targets at two positions of need. Now, Oklahoma had Edric Houston on campus, the five-star defensive lineman from Buford, Georgia. I'm still going to have to be convinced on that one. They had Kobe Black in, the five-star cornerback from Waco, Texas. I'm going to have to be convinced on that one, too. But Nwaneri and Hawkins were two guys that were obviously, I think, I, I felt great about Hawkins and Oklahoma heading into the weekend. I was a bit more reticent about Nwaneri and Oklahoma, but we've, if we've talked about it once, we've talked about it a thousand times, Tyler. Oklahoma was always going to be able to make a run at Nwaneri. It was just going to come down to how these last few visits went down. And it seems that in the aftermath of this junior day, Oklahoma made their statement with a flourish in making moves toward closing on Nguyenary, and I think they all but closed on Michael Hawkins. Did you see we have a uh, media superstar that uh, texted on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? 405-651-3439, by the way. Trent Krim from the Independent says, <laughs> just how big is Parker's ball? Well, that's the thing. We've got two so far on the board, and uh, I don't know. I heard him last hour with Steely hinting that a couple more could be dropped here in the very near future as well. Did, did I hear that correctly? I, I I would imagine I'll be dropping another pair of balls Man. within the next few days. If you don't know who Trent Krim of the Independent is, Go watch Ted Lasso, please. What are you doing? <laughs> Come on. New season uh, about to drop. Hey, um, I, I haven't seen or talked to you today. Do you have any idea where I'm doing the show from? I do not. Any idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am uh, right now, I'm in the press box of the Sistine Chapel of Oklahoma High School Baseball. That's right. You all guessed it. I'm at Verdon High School today, Roy Edwards Field. My high school baseball coach, he is a Hall of Famer, and uh, we are celebrating him today. So, it's pretty cool, man. Back in the hometown here, the uh, high school team is going through some, uh, I guess, going through a little bit of a workout before we get a game later on today. So, Roy Edwards Field right here in Verdon. Number one on the uh, Oklahoma Speed Trap power ratings. As I pulled into town, someone was getting pulled over. So, I feel like Verdon has, is at least top three. I'm going to claim it number one. How many cops are there in Verdon, though? One. Okay, just, just well, one. I think maybe two, maybe two at times hey, on a shift. I that, don't know. Probably just one. Hey, that means if you if you see somebody getting pulled over, that means you're safe, Tyler. So exactly, exactly. All right, uh, we got a ton of text to get to, a ton to get from that elite junior day over the weekend. Number one player in this class has a new crystal ball out. A whole lot today on this Monday. Keep the text coming. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Locked in. Rolls on next.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. The ref army listening worldwide once again today via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store. Tacoma, Washington is tuned in today. Greensburg, Pennsylvania is tuned in today. Orlando, Florida, Ottawa, Canada, and our small Oklahoma town of the day. We got to go with Verdon, Oklahoma where I'm hanging out today at Roy Edwards Field honoring uh, my high school baseball coach who won over 1,100 games here at Verdon High. Going to be a pretty cool moment later on tonight. Uh, text line, by the way, Parker says, I can't attest that Verdon is the worst speed trap in Oklahoma. I will never go through there again. Cost me $350. Mm, Sheesh. That yeah. is a tough day. That's, okay, uh, well. Must, must have been a, that must have been a school zone uh, violation there means that's that's tough i i've already been warned to drive carefully in and around verdon oklahoma now i have now i have a figure that'll be indelibly embedded in my head whenever i drive through drew from flower mound says uh so did michigan state lose one of their main recruiters for david stone am i reading too much into gerald mccoy's tweet uh no no you're not and yeah Michigan State did lose their primary recruiter for David Stone in fact the guy that was instrumental in getting by Job up to Michigan State a guy that was instrumental in the Spartans pursuit of Zadavian Sims so those are two guys Tyler Zadavian Sims and David Stone that are gonna be I well how do I phrase this Michigan State's not out but my goodness, they got some ground to make up in the aftermath of losing both Marco Coleman and Brandon Jordan because relationships were the main reasons why Zadavian Sims and David Stone were purportedly so high on Oklahoma. Now those relationships are with guys that are at Georgia Tech and the Seattle Seahawks, respectively. Is it not hilarious and actually equally awesome that <laughs> Gerald McCoy, of all people, takes this opportunity to tweet at David Stone after this news drop? And this is not the first time that we've seen Gerald McCoy tweet at five-star defensive lineman David Stone. Far from it. But he did again today. Welp, two exclamation marks, shrug emoji. This should be easy now, and you never know who might show up to help get you right. See you soon in all caps. Hashtag boomer, hashtag home is where the heart is. So I'm guessing everyone's going crazy thinking that Gerald McCoy is about to join the staff in some capacity. Is that is that right? I mean, is that the I, assumption everyone's a, making? Is that the assumption everyone's making? I did, listen, Generally, the text line is a pretty good barometer for that type of buzz, and I haven't gotten any texts about it yet today. So who's to I say? I mean, he said, and you never know who might be up to help you get right. See no, you yeah. soon in all caps. So, I, I mean, I – he didn't say that I'm officially joining the staff, and maybe he's not. But I mean, that's <laughs> those two lines would make you think that it's at least a possibility that that might happen at some point, sometime soon. It, I, Just something I, to think about. I mean, if Oklahoma's serious about getting the whole band back together, yeah, is Gerald McCoy gonna have an interest in coaching slash recruiting? And do you want him on staff? Because remember the last the tweet we were all. Uh, buzzing about that Jared McCoy put out last month was he said, you don't, you don't even got to pay me. Just let me recruit. Right. If you don't, if you yeah. have a guy that's, uh, that's not officially on staff, but he's just basically freelancing, then he can do a lot of stuff that guys employed by the university of Oklahoma to recruit slash coach cannot legally do due to compliance regulations. 
Glenn from Nashville says, can you expound on Winnery's interest in Tennessee? Of all the schools he's listed, Tennessee has me the most worried. I think the Vols are on the cusp of having perennial top eight recruiting classes, and we know they're willing to throw some big NIL money around. Is he just curious, or is he legitimately interested in Tennessee? No, he's legitimately interested in Tennessee, but again, I think distance comes into play there, as does... As, or as do the relationships, because, yeah, Jamar Mosey played with Josh Heupel, and that's kind of the origin of the relationship there. But Oklahoma's been recruiting Williams in one area a lot longer than Tennessee has, and he's got a lot more coaches involved in his recruitment at Oklahoma than he does at Tennessee. So I, I actually would tend to agree. I think Tennessee's probably one of the schools – I, I might even go as far to, as to say they are the number one school you have to be worried about with Nguyenary in the long term. Short term, it's OU, Missouri, Oregon, but I do think Tennessee has a cl- has a chance to climb the pecking order with an official visit in the future. But I still feel good about Oklahoma right now. I don't know how you can not feel good about Oklahoma after that visit this weekend and how it all went down. 918 was David Stone here over the weekend. Again, five-star defensive lineman. He was at A&M, and let's see, Zadavian Sims, four-star defensive lineman, was at USC. I'm guessing not a whole lot to note from the USC visit for Zadavian Sims because he was out there for a seven-on-seven. It was Anything from Stone on the A&M visit. It was tourism for Zadavian Sims at USC. Uh, Look, David Stone tweeted out, man, I love A&M, but, look, that's just the type of thing he's going to do, and – This is why I want to talk, and I've said this before, this is why I want to talk as little about David Stone's recruitment until this summer as possible, because until then, it's going to be a lot of hype and not a whole lot of tangible development. There was one text, I just lost it, basically asking is there a world or is there a chance where this recruiting class in 2024 is ranked higher than the class that we just saw in 23? Oh, absolutely. That's Yeah, there is, but, you know, it – that, that, that was the number four ranked class. You almost have to figure that Bama and Georgia are going to be one and two again with what they've done recently. But can you have the number three ranked recruiting class? Yeah, I, I mean, if you're going to land a majority of these big four that we keep talking about on the defensive line, along with Michael Hawkins, which, you know, there's obviously a chance that he can rise in the quarterback rankings – all that to say, yes, there is a world where they can end up with the top three class. Like, the, the prospects that are on the board, if they close with most of these, sure, you could end up with the top three class. It's just, the, with the start that George is off on, it's, I, I got to think that they're going to be the number one overall class. Yeah, well, and coming off back-to-back national championships, that's kind of what you tend to expect. I tell you this, the one guy who probably looms the largest in terms of Oklahoma's ability to secure a top three class, who do you think I'm going to go with, Tyler? Uh, a lot, along with Oklahoma's ability to secure a top three class, that's what you're asking? Yeah, which which prospect looms the largest in that regard? Um, well, you just dropped a ball for Winnery, so I'd probably say no to him. Uh, probably Michael Hawkins with what he might bring along, correct? Yes, yes, but I also think when you look at the way that the class calculator spits out numbers – Five stars carry a ton of weight. And so the guy that I have eyes on as a potential huge swing for Oklahoma in, in terms of where the calculations ultimately fall, that, that'd be Sammy Brown 
the nation's number one yeah. linebacker, a guy that Oklahoma is in competition with Clemson and Georgia. For. And he is going to visit. I mean, he's taking some visits, but you're you're going to get a visit from him is what it looks like, correct? OU's in the top three there. He's going to visit unofficially in April. He'll visit officially over the summer. You got a chance. Wow. You got a chance. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Parker also dropped a ball over the weekend for Malik Hawkins, little brother of Michael Hawkins Jr. Uh, twenty twenty five corner, six foot one sixty. I don't think um, I don't think he has a twenty four seven sports rating just yet. But that's you know probably not going to have to wait that much longer to see one. He'll be a uh, he'll be a kid that's not going to be a two star. How about that? He, he he's a he's a pretty good player. Um, in terms of, like, nationally, the big story over the weekend, got to be Dylan Raiola, five-star quarterback, getting that USC crystal ball. And maybe you disagree with this one. Like, I think USC is going to be a player, sure. I just think that that Nebraska draw at the end of the day is going to be too much for him. Like, th- that Nebraska pull is going to be so much stronger than I think what USC, that pull from USC is. Like, he's got family. Like, he's got family connections there. That's why I, that's why I probably think Nebraska wins out in the end. I agree with you 100%, Tyler. My, my crystal ball is not moving from Nebraska. And we've seen the balls change for Dylan Ryle uh, seem, seemingly a dozen times by now, from USC to Georgia to Ohio State to Nebraska to back to Georgia to Nebraska again and now to USC again. Look, I don't think Lincoln Riley is there at USC long enough to coach Dylan Riola. I don't think Dylan Riola is going to show up to a place like USC and compete with Malachi Nelson. Not because he's – I actually think Dylan Riola is better than Malachi Nelson, but he's not the he's not the savior at USC that he would be at Nebraska. And I think there's a ton of appeal in that, particularly as a Nebraska legacy and as a kid that's grown up rooting for the Huskers. So I am not moving my crystal ball prediction. I'm riding or dying with Nebraska in the recruitment of Dylan Riola. By the way, uh, we said that March will be the first month where OU gets its 2024 commitment. I think we both said that it's going to happen before March 15th. It's March 6th today, but I still feel pretty good that first commit. Publicly, maybe it's already happened privately behind the scenes, but I do feel good that publicly it's going to happen before March 15th. But definitely this, this month at some point. Agreed. And I think there are a couple guys, to be honest with you, I mentioned this in the 12 o'clock hour, I think there are a couple guys right now that could pop at any time for Oklahoma. I'm not talking about Hawkins. I'm not talking about Nguyenary. But a surprise first commitment is certainly not an impossibility at this point for me. All right, 405-651-3439. We'll get to more of your texts coming up next. Oh, boy, Archmania has already begun in Austin, Texas, which I guess it's been going on for several months now. But Arch had his first spring practice ever. There's photos all around. There was even a question out to Sark. Is Arch Manning really in competition for QB1? We'll tell you what he said coming up next and a whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. 405-651-3439. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Sark was asked today, Texas kicked off spring ball today, which there are pictures of Arch Manning everywhere in his first spring practice. Probably not hard to get in Austin. I-35 runs just by their practice field Uh has forever. So all you have to do is camp out on I-35 and see what's going on at Texas. 
Probably not that tough. Pull off on the side of the road, get a photo of Arch if you uh, want to. But Sark said that uh, all positions are up for grabs, including quarterback. Oh, boy. I, I guess he's the smart man here. He's, he, he is not trying to bat down any of the uh, rumors or speculation that uh, Arch will start at some point this year. He, Arch Manning's going to start a game for Texas this year. Really? I'll bet You're going that far. Yeah, I'll, bet, I'll bet $14 on that as well, yeah. I, and I wouldn't be shocked if it, uh, if it were to happen before the OU game or, uh, or at the OU game. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's starting a game this year. Interesting. Okay, I will put $14 on the line. I will make that oh, bet okay. with you. Y- you would like to make this wager yes. that Quinn Ewer starts game one and finishes the rest of the year? Yes. Okay. I, I, I like I, my bet is that Arch Manning does not play in year one. Okay. I got him starting at least one game. We'll uh, we'll see who wins out. Gabe Salchuk, little brother of Gavin Salchuk, was at Cal over the weekend for their junior day. Um, it, it doesn't feel like there's a – ton of interest for Gabe uh, Sawchuck is that fair at least on an offer level I mean we've talked so many times about the options OU has at running back right now I mean is it fair to say that Gabe Sawchuck is not maybe at the forefront of their plans as it currently sits yeah no because he's not nearly as fast as his brother that was Gavin's calling card was he was one of the fastest prospects in the entire country Gabe is more of a ho-hum runner doesn't quite have that same burst that same explosion that Gavin does. So he's a guy that has P5 interest, has FBS offers. He'll probably be a Power 5 guy when it's all said and done, but probably not a guy that Oklahoma brings in unless it's as a preferred walk-on. Uh, let's see, 918, can you touch on Edric Houston some after reading Drum's post? Sounds like we're making up some time we've missed with him. So he was a big priority for Todd Bates. What schools – is he looking at, and where? what do we do? Or, or Oh, where do we land in that? Gotcha. Okay. It's it's hard to say right now. Oklahoma made his top schools list. So did many of the usual suspects for a five-star defensive lineman out of SEC territory. That's probably not a process that's even close to done, and he probably takes a lot more visits before it all wraps up. And I don't think it's going to be nearly as calculated a process as the one that Nguyenary has laid out. So – I think Edric Houston has to be a guy that you just have a healthy understanding that Oklahoma's probably not going to end up with him. But if they do, that is a welcome change and a welcome addition for Todd Bates' second class. That would be – gosh, you throw that guy in with David Stone, Nigel Smith, Nguyenary, and potentially Zadavian Sims? That we talked about. That's like, yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I'm but not just, saying it looks like a likelihood. Yeah, but no, just I mean, that, realistically, that'd be a big deal. realistically, you're not getting everybody. And Oklahoma is in very good standing with four of the nation's top ten defensive linemen. As it is, don't want to get greedy and probably don't want to set yourself up for disappointment down the line. So I wouldn't necessarily be counting on Edric Houston. Uh, let's see, for the 405, can you talk about who OU is after for tight end in this class? We don't really hear much about that position, as those guys are rarely the five-star big interest guys, it seems. What do we have, one five-star in the 2023 class? Deuce Robinson, is that it? Yeah, At well, tight end? I, I've mentioned it before. I think Oklahoma's top target at the tight end position in 2024 is a guy that isn't currently listed in the class of 2024. It's Devon Mitchell. Former Allen stud, now at Los Alamitos High School in California. He's going to be reclassifying from the 2025 class into the 2024 class. 
That is the guy that is A1 on Oklahoma's board. They want him more than anybody. And make no mistake, if Michael Hawkins is a Sooner, if he does commit to Oklahoma, you will probably see me put in a crystal ball for Devon Mitchell not too long thereafter. Uh, 405 again, need to add an exception on the Arch Manning bet. Him starting can't be the results of an injury to yours. <laughs> what? No, I'm not adding any exception. The virtual handshake has already taken place. It has. If if Parker wanted those stipulations, he would have requested that. Then we would have gone back to the negotiating table to talk <laughs> about said things. But he, he shook on it. We're good. No, it, it doesn't matter how it happens. I have Arch Manning starting one game. Parker does not for 14 doll hairs. It's already done. Sorry. In hindsight, probably should have added that stipulation, but hey, I got a little hasty with it. The handshake is in place. It is what it is. Yeah, that's it's it's signed, sealed, and delivered. That's that's our big bet uh, going into spring of uh, 2023, or yeah, spring of 2023. I, I don't think that uh, Arch is going to be their day one starter, by the way. I mean, I, I one, I don't expect him just to light it up and you know, look like by far and away the best quarterback on the roster, though I've made it pretty clear several times on how I feel about Quinn Ewers. I, I just don't think that Arch is going to be so impressive that they say, oh, yeah, 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 he has to be our starter day one. No, I believe Quinn Ewers will be their starter game one. I'm just very curious, and I feel like we'll get our answer before long through spring practice, but I'm very curious to see how – quickly arch adjusts to the speed of the power five game because that's a big leap man and it's gotten talked about i really don't know if it's gotten talked about enough that's a very substantial leap in the level of competition because honestly arch manning playing 2a ball in louisiana odds are he's one of the best athletes on any field he steps on if you've looked at if you've looked at some of his highlights of it you've seen the clips that have made the rounds on social media you're standing there wondering how on earth is this guy as highly ranked as he is when this is the competition he's going up against now he's impressive in his own right as a prospect I don't want to take that away from him but it's one thing to light it up against defensive backs that are five foot eight and run a five eight and it's another thing entirely to light it up against defensive backs that are six one six two and all run four fives. Uh, Scott T wants to know, Tyler, what's the significance of fourteen dollars? Two laughing face emojis, by the way. Actually, I got that from Parker last hour because someone bet you what seven dollars that David Stone would sign with A and M, and you actually went double or nothing on that bet for fourteen dollars. So, I, I I just. I feel like that's now our official number to uh, for for wagering on this show from here on out. Fourteen dollars. Somebody in the nine one eight. Yes, it's random, but it works. Somebody in the nine one eight says Parker is a terrible gambler. Doesn't make his opinion of Stone's future commitment seem very reassuring. Is that because I, <laughs> I I was a little too quick to the punch and jumping on that Arch Manning bet? Is that why? Yeah. Look, I I don't claim to be an outstanding gambler. I I don't gamble. I would I would rather not lose money. And Lord knows I probably would lose money. I don't gamble a ton either, um, which is a good thing. Especially, I I really don't bet on sports all that much. I did, though, this weekend for the first time in a while, just because I remembered I had money in an an account. I I bet OU Moneyline over TCU in basketball this weekend. Hello! Yeah, how about that? 
I, I felt terrible about it when I made the wager. I said, dude, why are you doing this? You've watched this team all year long. Are you kidding me? And then I thought, yeah, you have watched this team all year long. Legitimately, anything could happen today inside the LNC. Anything did happen, and they virtually led the game by like 10-plus points the entire time, and it was an easy win. So, you know, thank you. Thank you very much, OU Basketball. Um, by the way, speaking of the Elite Junior Day weekend, were there any surprises whatsoever, not in terms of, you know, guys that, that left Norman and all of a sudden no use the leader, anybody that didn't make it that was supposed to be there or maybe someone that did make it that wasn't expected to be there, were, were there any big surprises in that regard? Uh, Travaris Banks, four-star defensive back out of the state of Alabama, was a late addition. He called the OU visit the best visit he's ever been on. So that'll, that'll fly. That's good news. The Lumen brothers, Ty Cool and Ty Clean from Miami, they did oh, not make it in for the visit. Need that bad. All right, they need did, that one. They so did bad, not though. make it in. Uh, they have plans to loop back around for an OU visit later in the spring. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. Uh, trying to think who else did not make it in. Javarius Green was a potential offer guy at wide receiver from South Carolina. He did not make it in either. Uh, there were a couple others. I'm trying to. I'm trying to rid my mind of all of the various detritus that's rolling around to tell you who else was supposed to come and didn't. Um, oh, gosh. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Courtney Crutchfield, four-star wide receiver out of Arkansas. Another guy that didn't make it in. Who has the better name, Ty Cool or Ty Clean? I, I really can't decide. I might need the text line to help us out with this one, too. Ty Cool or Ty Clean? If you could only have one, which one would you take? Just based on the name alone. I'm going to go with Ty Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would take either, honestly. Um, but it's if we're just going on name alone, yeah, maybe it is Ty Cool. Both of those names are, are pretty elite. Let me, uh, let, let's hit one more from Frisco Sooner on the text line before we hit a break. Would you guys agree with me that this could be one of the most important years from a win standpoint? that we have seen in over 20 years. I love where and how this program is going, but the bottom line is they have to win games this year or they are going to lose credibility with recruits. Yeah, I mean, I think it's deeper than just recruiting. Like, here's the deal. Yes, I would agree with you. This is one of the most important years with the SEC coming up after this year. I, I cannot say this enough. This is going to be the easiest schedule that OU has in the next maybe, I don't know, maybe ever again, Parker Thune, with OU about to go to the SEC. This is an extremely manageable schedule. You are not going to see a schedule like this for a very long time, if ever. Yeah, man, like 10 wins is the bar. Like You've got to get to at least 10 wins this year. I think that that's super, super critical. Can OU go 9-3 and three and still have a highly ranked recruiting class? Sure, sure. but... I, I would agree they need double-digit wins. They really need to win the conference, honestly. It's that wide open this year. Certainly, but you don't want to lose the forest for the trees. And it's with where Oklahoma is right now as a program, it's going to have to be incremental growth and incremental improvement. If Oklahoma only wins eight or nine games in 2023 – well, guess what? They're going to have dudes on the roster that get a year older, that get, maybe get 15, 20 pounds heavier, more muscular heading into 2024. And once you get your feet underneath you in the SEC, 
that's the point at which you can try to take the next step, especially with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams that same year. So, yeah, it's pivotal for Oklahoma, but I don't think the difference between nine wins and 11 wins in your final year in the Big 12 is massive in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So uh, just from a scheduling standpoint, like think about it this way. How many top 15 rosters will OU face this year with that schedule? Maybe one, right? Like maybe Texas is a top 15 roster. I I guess we'll see, but maybe one. In the SEC, you know how many top 15 rosters you're going to be facing on a year-in, year-out basis? Yeah, way more than one because most of those top 15 rosters are in the SEC against teams that you're going to play. So you really need to cash in with the schedule that you have this year. All right, 405-651-3439, final segment of Locked In coming up next. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans. So Wichita says, hey, guys, can you recap this weekend in recruiting? Yeah, like just the quick cliff notes on what happened over the uh, junior day weekend. Um, I guess you got to start with five-star defensive lineman Williams Winery. He is what 24-7 sports has them as, as, them as the uh, number three overall player. So 24-7 thinks he's a top three player nationally. Parker tends to think that OU took the lead on him this weekend. He put in a crystal ball for uh, Winery over the weekend. Um, you also are hearing some pretty good things about Michael Hawkins Jr., the four-star quarterback that was there. You think that one's really close to dropping? Like, those are bullet points one and two. Like, is there anything else that was equally as notable as those two things from this weekend? Uh, I think Oklahoma moved into the lead for Joseph Jonah Ajonye. I got to make sure I get that name correctly. Yes, Joseph Jonah Ajonye out of the state of Texas. uh, Really made a strong statement with him on the visit. Things went really well with four-star defensive lineman Kellen Lindstrom out of the state of Missouri. Uh, Xavier Robinson, homegrown kid out of Carl Albert. Things are looking good there. Uh, between him and the Sooners. And Jaden Hardy, four-star safety out of Louisville, Texas, another guy that is very, very high on Oklahoma, has been, but all the more so after the visit. Uh, Text line from the 405, what if we make the conference championship but lose? Would you be satisfied? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I guess it kind of depends on what that looks like. If you lose to the number one team in the country that's undefeated, maybe, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't project the Big 12 to have an undefeated team or a one-loss team maybe at the end of the year. So would I be satisfied with that? No, most likely I would not be satisfied with that. Would you? Eh, yeah, I actually would. I'd be okay with it. You say that now. I do say, I do say that now. I'd probably going to be a 9-3 and three team. Yeah, probably going to be more difficult to swallow – if and when it actually happens, but I, I, if you tell me right now, take it or leave it. I, I, I think I'm okay with that. Now some you aren't going to take it. Some mm. aren't going to settle for it, and that's fine. I get it. But coming off a six and seven season, you don't want to get expectations too high all over again. <sighs> but that schedule, man. Like I think you're going to be favored in eleven and twelve of those games. And sure. I know that they were favored in a lot last year. It's just, I don't know. I Just with how wide, like, forget the schedule for a second. 
with every other team in the conference having so many questions this year, and yes, OU falls in that same category, and I understand they were six and seven last year. Last year, I don't think that I would. I don't think I would take a loss in the conference championship as a deal. I I, I would play it out. Really? I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I play it out because because I do think that there is a there's absolutely a possibility that this team and what this conference looks like can win a conference championship this year. I'm I'm not taking that deal. I agree with you. I agree they can win a conference championship this year. But then again. That team in 2021 was good enough to win a conference championship. Talent-wise, I think last year's team was good enough to win a conference championship, but didn't happen either year. Now you're at, with where you're at right now at Oklahoma, you haven't been to a conference championship game in the Big 12 since 2020. So get there. I think that's a big step in the right direction. Wave goodbye to the Big 12. Look, I think OU does win the conference this year. That is my official prediction. I think they win 10 games. I think they win the Big 12. But – if all you get is a berth in the Big 12 title game, I still think you've made headway. So you're taking the deal, but you're picking OU to win the conference championship. You're, you're officially on the board for that one? Yes. Yes, count me in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we bet $14 on that one, too? I don't know. We might run out of money by the time the season's over next year. Nah, if we like, just keep throwing out crazy bets like this. Yeah, look, just because I'm okay with it, just because I'm content with it, doesn't mean that's what I think is going to happen. I want to make that distinction clear. I think Oklahoma wins okay. the Big 12. I think they're the most talented team in that conference this fall. Uh, Kendall says, are you out of your mind if OU doesn't win the conference and make the college football playoff? It's a huge disappointment in all well, caps. So Kendall was, Kendall that's was, how you ended today, upsetting Kendall. Kendall was saying 13-0 and last August. So, mm. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.